I'm Julia, and this is Unnecessary Angst. Yay! Woohoo! I love how we're both doing like a ton of visual cues that nobody can see. I'm um, also a very expressive person. That's, I mean, we both are. It's uh, yes. just very exuberant personalities, which is why a podcast works for us. Um, even when we're both <laughs> extremely tired, like we are tonight. <laughs> Fall asleep on this, this podcast. I mean, you get some probably good, like, ASMR out of that, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Not what people are here oh, yeah. for, if people are still here at episode six. If you've made it this far in this book with us, kudos that's impressive at some point I don't want to make it this far in this book and I love this book so (laughs) oh man uh Julia what are you drinking tonight I'm drinking the same exact thing I think that I was drinking last time wait I don't even remember what I was drinking last time hold on I think I was drinking a Riesling the last time that sounds right Something yeah. Okay. Well, I'm drinking. Yeah, I'm drinking a riesling again. It might have been two times ago that I was drinking a riesling. Either way, it's a riesling. There you go. Where are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking a gin and tonic, but I don't have any lime juice, so I put in lychee juice instead. Oh. <laughs> oh, that is an interesting combo. The fact I'm- that you have lychee juice, I'm very proud of you for that. I made a bunch of cocktails this weekend, and one of them I needed lychee juice for because I wanted to make a martini, and I wanted to make a lychee martini, but I wanted it to be green, Um, (laughs) so it was a lychee melon martini. It was a whole process. Um, There's a YouTube video for anyone that's interested in seeing how I make it. Um, Just look up uh, cocktail number three, lychee melon vodka martini and you'll oh, find I'm gonna it. go look this up I'm gonna look it up later <laughs> it's there I promise <laughs> just look up my name on YouTube you'll find me it's not too hard um but yeah so drinking uh I had an open lychee I also made another one of those martinis earlier today for a trivia night I participated in so I had an open can of lychee juice figured I'd use it <laughs> How's, uh, how's your school life going? Oh, it's very stressful. I was just saying that I have, like, all of my classes have assignments due next week, so we actually put off this episode because of me, because <laughs> I'm, like, so weighted down right now with all of these assignments, and a lot of them are group projects, so it's even harder because we have to coordinate times to get together, which you would think would be easier being online, but, like, it's still a lot harder. Um, it's a challenge. It really is. Uh, um, yeah. Oh, I. Ooh, good news. Good news is that I got these. Oh, I got these cherry clip-ons. They're so cute. I know. And from a little vintage store, I think somewhere in like random state, like Kansas or something, that I randomly started following. I don't know. And then they posted on their Instagram story, and they were like, "DM to buy," and I was like, "Heck yeah, I'm buying that." And so I bought them. And they just arrived, and they're very cute. And that was the highlight of my week, which is kind of sad, but... That's such a you thing. I know. (laughs) (laughs) 
like, I very cute. I can't imagine any of my other friends being like, oh yeah, I just found this random vintage store in Kansas on Instagram for fun. <laughs> They're very cute. It cost me $18 with shipping, which is way more than the, the um, that they're really worth, but, right. you know. Eh. I, I like I like supporting small little vintage stores, you know? Yeah. They deserve it. That's And they, totally they've been fair. really innovative. They've been putting up all of these, like, story sales. Oh, that's fun. Know. Make it, yeah. make the best of it in the, these crazy exactly. times. Exactly. I've just been crying a lot over work and how tired I <laughs> am. <laughs> How much We're work both I have just to cry. do. Just <laughs> constant. We are unnecessary angst. We really are. We point. forget about ourselves. Oh my god, we aptly named podcast. Goodness gracious. Um, but I did finish, uh, Sorcery of Thorns this weekend. Um, yes. which I'm yes. obsessed with. It's so good. Like I'm almost sad that I read it because we could have done it for a podcast. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Wait, next time we need to coordinate on this. Hold on. I told you multiple times I was going to read it before I started, <laughs> so that's on you. It's one of those books, though, that like you don't really want to put it off. Like You just kind of want to read it, so I don't think I would have. Even if we had thought of that, Like I don't think I would have stopped you. Fair. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, it's too good. It's like one of those books that's a fun read that takes you away from like the current struggle of life so it's right now it's very applicable I uh so good I know the next couple of fiction books that I'm gonna read are not taking me away from the struggle of life but it's fine it's fine um (laughs) it's crazy to think that like it keeps you grounded yeah that's true it I'm I'm interested to see how much our podcast changes after next week (sighs) And the world and what's happening. I know. And what we're gonna do. I'm I'm not expecting to get any sleep on Tuesday. My mom literally is going into work late on Wednesday. I love your so. mom so much. Oh my god. <laughs> he doesn't so he, my parents bought a house in Connecticut. Like this is their actual house. Right now we are in a college house. Um and so they bought a house in Connecticut, which is like forty five minutes away. And he doesn't really like the house, but he likes that he can bike there. So he goes there on the weekends to go biking. It's great. I love it. Oh, your dad's the best. Um, yeah, so for context, for if anyone's curious about our recording timeline, we're recording this right now on uh, October 29th. Mm, yeah. So. Good to point out. The election's coming, and that's what we're stressing out about. So we'll see you on the other side. Mm-hmm. However that goes. Um, but I think we should probably get into it, Julia. We, we've uh, we've talked a lot about other books, um, but we're here today to talk about chapters 13 and 14 of The Concealed, which marks our foray past the halfway point. So... I'm pretty sure, like, we cover almost 20% of the book in these two chapters. This, there's, like, a lot going on here. There's that... a ton going on here. Yeah, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Um, 
this is gonna probably be one of our lengthier episodes though there is a lot of like repetitive stuff in these chapters so we don't need to talk about it like three times but um there's still a lot to dig into we finally get answers to all of our questions which is great indeed all right do you want to start us off yes i shall so the summary of chapter 13 we begin with evelyn in a dream so she hasn't woken up yet like all the other chapters but rather she is still in a dream state uh jared is standing on the shores of a lake and she wants him to come in the water but as he cries out nimue he walks away and she wakes up thus beginning a real chapter because we can't be in a real chapter in this series without her waking up true it's true (laughs) or laying in bed (laughs) So she wakes up and she's pretty confused about this dream and um, all of the memories from Ruth's um, start to flood back. Um, as we recall, Ruth basically told her that Jared is Merlin's legacy, um, which kind of groundbreaking. And does remind me, does, does Ruth come up with um, Evelyn being Nimue? Have we discovered this yet no evelyn still doesn't know that she's tied to nimue yet that's later in chapter 13 okay great um so so she goes she decides to go and basically jump jared uh where he's running i I mean there's no other way of putting it she's such a stalker (laughs) uh and he's like what the heck are you doing here and basically it's like we can't talk right now and then says but don't worry. Oh, and she cries out that um, she knows about Merlin. And so he's like, okay, well, just wait here for an hour. And this girl waits there for an hour in, like, what, the middle of the woods or something? Yeah, she just paces back and forth instead of, like, I don't know, going to get a coffee or something like a normal human being. Uh-huh. So they begin their conversation by having a moment. They don't actually talk yet. She just, they stare at each other. She grabs his hands and then they take a walk through the woods because that's completely normal. Yep. (laughs) And then they finally start to talk and he confirms that he is descended from Merlin and has magical abilities, which we all know, but from, from the horse's mouth. So that we learn that he can basically see people's energies, their auras. And so when Evelyn was at Felix's, he found her by her energy. I guess he basically like felt a pull and can can just see that there was something off. Um, and every person besides just Evelyn, every creature has an energy, an aura. And um, he, yeah, if he focuses hard enough, he can see them. Um, he tells us that energy signatures are variable and a person has the same base, but most emotions change the flavor. Did you like Um, my weird description? Yes. I'm like (laughs) reading this right now. Like, whoa. Okay. I didn't know another way to go with it. it. Like he knows what Evelyn's aura is basically. And so he can sense when she's in distress because her emotions like change her base. Uh, so then Jared tells Evelyn that he was there at the party, um, the, that, that's a night, capital T, capital N, 
um, and felt something was wrong. And it was more, her aura basically was more clear because he's attractive to her. Um, and it is a green blue, like a lake or like her eyes. Aww. <laughs> yeah, they walk into this clearing and he decides to show her his real magic. Um, at first, it's just a flower. Evelyn calls it a miracle. And then Evelyn is wondering why he didn't use magic on Felix. And Jared explains that since meeting Evelyn, his magic has become less controllable. And he didn't... So if he didn't shut it off, he would have killed Felix. Evelyn asks what he means by his magic changing by meeting her, and Jared says he used to be able to do small things like only grow the one flower that he sh- that he's showing her, and then decides to show her that he could actually grow thousands of flowers and spreads his arms and the entire field is flowers. Like, damn, okay. I've always wanted to bouquet. <laughs> so what in my own shits- meadow. <laughs> Oh, here's my favorite part. Evelyn sheds a tear, and Jared catches it and turns it into a diamond and then asks to keep it. I have so much to say about this, but we're going to move on. So Jared goes in Jared goes in for the kiss, and then bum, 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 Colin shows up. Great timing. <laughs> <laughs> and tells Jared that everyone's looking for him, and... Jared tells Colin that he's going to tell them the good news, that he will no longer be staying away from Evelyn, including Mayflower. <gasps> and we learn more about why Mayflower took them both in and get confirmation that Colin is a Pendragon descendant. So from Arthur's lineage, King Arthur. <laughs> then they run into Aiden, and he is not too pleased about Jared and Evelyn being together, but Jared tells him that it is not up to him to decide. Um, kind of just sounds like a teenage boy there telling his parents <laughs> off. You can't tell me what to do! Uh, and then uh, Jared consents that Aiden being there is making Evelyn uncomfortable, and he sends Aiden off. Um, and then they run into Mayflower and some of the other members of the order including Professor Marvin, one of the psychology professors with the special ring, I think it was. The pretty one. And Oh, yes, the pretty one. And, yeah, they're not too pleased either about Jared and Evelyn. And Mayflower bursts a... <laughs> this killed me! It was so this. extra! <laughs> bursts a capillary in her eye. Like, who gets so angry that they burst a capillary in their eye? That's, like, something that you see in a cartoon, not, like, in real life. I know! (laughs) Uh, Mayflower says she's not going to allow this, and Jared says, you don't have any say, just like you said to Aiden. (laughs) Sass, tells Evelyn, tells them that Evelyn knows everything about him and the order, and Colin chimes in. And says that she also knows who he is. Thanks, Colin. And then, <laughs> and then Enid, another member, um, starts talking and asking if Evelyn knows the role she is going to play and who she is de- descended from. And Karen Mayflower tries to stop her, uh, but Jared says there is a prophecy from the nymphs of Avalon, 
and Enid chimes in asking if Evelyn knows how Merlin died and Evelyn remembers that he supposedly died in a cave and some people think Nimue killed him although I don't think that she says out loud that it was Nimue which is interesting no she's, she's just thinking suppressing it. that yeah yeah they then say the prophecy means that Jared will die in the same way and Jared reveals that Evelyn is Nimue dun, dun, dun. oh and Ends the entire chapter by being like, and I'm in love with you. What the heck? <laughs> They've kissed what once. Ride. They've barely spoken. But damn, that attraction is so powerful. He's in love. Um. Also, can we just talk about the fact that he's not like, you're descended from Nimue. He's like, you are, are Nimue. Nimue. I'm like... Is she, like, legit Nimue reincarnated? Or is every descendant of Nimue also Nimue? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, that actually is really confusing to me. Because it does feel like they're being treated like they are the reincarnations. Like, I feel like the author just kind of forgot. She was like, oh. It could (laughs) also be a... They are. It could also be a confusing translation. Yes, that is true. That is very true. Because I think Evelyn's a descendant. But who knows? Maybe she is a reincarnation i don't know um that's not the important part though clearly the important part as we learned in chapter 14 is that he's in love with her come on (laughs) only thing that matters is that jared and evelyn are in love and together that's all that matters in this (laughs) entire book come on (laughs) okay so chapter 14 we start it as we start every other chapter Evelyn's in her room in the morning, (laughs) but plot twist, she wasn't able to sleep at all, so she's not waking up. She's just there. It's just her bed. It's just her and her bed. She's mulling over everything that she's learned, knowing that Jared's descended from Merlin, that her professors are in a secret society, her best friend is dating the descendant of King Arthur, and she's like, yep, that all checks out. That makes sense. But I can't be dissented from magic. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's a step. It's literally too far. word for word what she says too. I know. Me so much. And then she just is like, uh, "But Jared, he loves me. I'm so happy." Her brain is like, it, I can't I keep up with how it. it works. Me neither. She just goes back and forth between things. She oscillates so quickly. Yeah. It's very hard to keep track of. Um, So she's going to go see Jared in the morning. Um, She's going to try to go, like, surprise him, I think, before class. So she's getting herself all, like, extra pretty looking and, like, taking extra time to brush her hair and look all nice for her maybe boyfriend. We don't really know. And as soon as she gets out, she almost falls in a puddle. But don't worry. Jared's there to catch her before it happens. Because he just knew she would need him. Um, Oh, my God. Which she then gets really stressed out because she's like, I didn't have time to prepare for him being here. I didn't know he was going to be here. What am I going to do? But... He's a normal person and is chill, so he just walks with her to class. And Evelyn's just 
trying to figure everything out and figuring out how she fits into this magic world, how Sally and Felix fit into this world. She tells Jared that she's thinking about Felix, and Jared says the Order is watching him. But he's not going to pressure her to report him to the police. And I'm like, it's probably safer for him to be in police custody, to be honest. Um, Since they were planning on murdering Evelyn at the beginning of the term. I feel like this is going to be a subject that just gets dropped. Like, her reporting it. Her reporting it, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a subject that's just going to be dropped. Okay. So then Evelyn asks if Jared knows how Sally's doing, um, since he talks to Colin all the time. And Colin has said that she's basically as good as new. Then Evelyn asks if Jared healed Sally. (laughs) And Jared's like, yeah. And she's like, wow, amazing. And he's like, I already told you I could do magic. Like, I don't get what's so amazing now at this point. Like, she's amazed that it's not just flower growing, it also is medical healing properties. Evelyn agrees to not tell Sally anything about their lives because it's really Colin's decision whether or not he wants to share who he is. And Evelyn uh, asks what the future holds for them. And Jared's like, I've made myself pretty clear, which he hasn't at all, but okay. Um, They kiss. Evelyn feels like she's flying because she's so excited. And then they go into the lecture and everyone's whispering about them because they're together. Um, They keep just having these like moments throughout class because their chemistry is so electric. Uh, So neither of them focuses really well. And then as soon as class ends, Jared like drags her into an alley so they can make out. What the heck? Which... Okay, I know this is a pop culture reference, but, like, this just came to me, so I'm gonna say it now, is super reminiscent of when they are watching the biology film in Twilight, and they have that, like, electric charge passing Uh between the two of them all lecture, (laughs) and then they get out, and they're like, oh my god. I, yeah, we can talk about Twilight more, because I also was like, this entire, like, two chapter, these two chapters are just all Twilight. Yep. Um, okay. So, so they make out really intensely, uh, in the alleyway. He apologizes for moving so fast with her, because, you know, he's a gentleman. He doesn't want to make her (laughs) feel uncomfortable. And, uh, goes through her schedule, which he's somehow obtained access to and memorized. They're very loose with admissions information in this school. I'm very concerned about their security. Um, but it's fine. He asks her if he will see her at Mayflower's lecture, and Evelyn's like, yeah, I got kicked out of that class, remember? And he's like, no, you can go. It's fine. Just save me a seat. <laughs> Which, sure. So casual. Okay. Um, Evelyn's super happy every time he says that they're together. They make out some more. <laughs> he says he never intends to give her up and that he'll see her in Karen's lecture. And she barely makes it through her next two classes because she's super bored and thinking about Jared. Uh, then Jared shows up because it's Mayflower's class. Evelyn's super excited. But then uh, is getting in her own head, which this is super relatable. She's like, okay, does Jared actually love me? Or does Jared love me because of this predetermined, like prophecy and magical connection that neither of us have any control over but we were just born into 
he doesn't love me for being Evelyn. He loves me because of my bloodline. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably right, Evelyn, but run with it because he's cute. Karen enters the room. She's clearly unhappy that Jared's sitting with Evelyn, but brings herself back, starts the lecture, um, and a girl answers one of her questions, and Evelyn remembers that's one of Madison's friends, and then Evelyn's like, where is Madison? We haven't seen her for so many chapters. Then she moves past that thought, starts spending some time thinking about, or they, the lecture starts going about, um, going through different defense mechanisms, and they start with repression, which <clears throat> Evelyn is a classic example of repression as a defense mechanism, but it's fine. Uh, Mayflower asks about compensation as a defense mechanism and picks on Evelyn. And Evelyn doesn't know the answer, and she panics a little bit, but then out of nowhere, the answer's in her brain, and so she gives the textbook definition to Mayflower, which... I don't think it's ever revealed like how that actually happened, but I'm pretty sure Jared magically put a thought. Yeah, in her brain. I mean that is pretty clear that it was Jared who gave her this conspiratorial look, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> which it's like Dude. I'm very concerned if his magic extends to putting thoughts in brains. Like, yeah, that's me too. Frightening, uh, but it's fine because they love each other. Uh, they go away for lunch. <laughs> Not in the dining hall, so they can learn more about one another. Um, and this is where we learn that Jared is a wonderkind. He's 21, and Evelyn remind or lets him know that she's 19. And Jared has a master's in physics at 21. Passion. And is now studying psychology. Passion. And I'm like, how, how, okay. So you took two and a half years to get a master's. When did you get your first bachelor's? Did you start with a master's? Is that allowed in England? Like, what's the process here? I'm very confused. But um, he's now studying psychology because he wants to learn about the human brain. And apparently the physical and the physiological make up the pillars of magic. So that's why he studied physics and now psychology. And they just kind of talk back and forth. Evelyn mentions Zara. They bond over their dead sisters his dead sister's name is Laura. Uh, and then they go get Indian food. And Jared gives some more information on the order, like just how it's structured. So Karen is the high priestess. Uh, Enid is her second in command. Madison's mom, Claire, is also in the order. Um, and Professor Martin and Jared. And well, we know Jared's in the order, obviously, but all of them, plus a couple of other people, make up the High Council, which kind of cool that Jared is actually on the High Council. Like, that's kind of fun. I like that that fact. Um, Jared tells Evelyn that the Council decided to not take any action against her, which basically means they decided not to kill her, because as I said, they were plotting to murder her. The order consists of three different levels, so the Council makes all the decisions, and then there's the, the Circle, which is about 20 people, and that includes, like, Aiden and Colin and a couple of other, like, Madison, probably, younger people who just know everything about everything. Um, so they just kind of are aware of everything that's going on and kind of carry out the decisions that the High Council makes. And then there's an outer group who doesn't have an explicit name, but they're just kind of members, but they don't actually know what's going on with anything at any given point in time. And they're all over the world, so that outer circle is like more than 500 people 
And we also learned that the Order has safe houses all over the world with protective spells to keep bad people out. Um, and the reason for that is because their arch nemesis is Morgana. The original one. So we're not dealing with descendants anymore. The original Morgana has apparently been alive for a bajillion years and is still trying to kill all of the descendants. Um, so she killed all of their families. Like Evelyn, Colin, and Jared's family. She killed all of them. And that includes the death of Zara, we learned. So even though a murderer was caught, Morgana likely used him as some kind of a minion or a pawn and was the one that was actually behind the murder. And Evelyn, like, freaks out because she starts thinking about all of her family's, all of her family members being dead. And Jared comes over to her side of the table to comfort her. And they talk about how her and Colin also have magic, even if it's not the exact same or as strong as Jared's magic. Uh, so she obviously has, like, magical abilities with water. And Colin is, like, a natural warrior, He's a super gifted warrior, so he's considered the chief defender of the the order because he has these, like, natural-born fighting abilities. Um, and we learn that Colin has pretty much trained everyone in the order, which includes Madison, so he's been feeling really guilty ever since she attacked Evelyn because he taught her how to do all of those things. <laughs> but this is our first, like, official confirmation that Madison is the one who attacked her. Um, so at least we finally gotten an answer there and then jared switches topics and asks evelyn if she figured all of this stuff out on her own and she says no but she's not going to tell jared who helped her because she doesn't want the order to figure out who helped (laughs) her and like murder her they she's trying to protect ruth which is fair so then evelyn goes to some more classes including professor martin martin's marvin i keep writing his name wrong i'm sorry about that the hot one, the hot ones class, and he just gives her, like, a knowing smile, so all the girls get pissed at her because she's getting special attention, and then after the class, Jared's waiting for her just to talk to her quickly. Um, she asks if he wants to do something to, like, hang out that evening, but he has a council meeting he has to run to, and, um, she's really bummed, but then Jared's like, there are things I'd rather be doing, and, like, goes at her he like grabs her butt and like makes out with her like on this public street and i'm like sir (laughs) the pda levels let's bring him down a little bit and then like that's how the chapter ends is that him just like grabbing her ass in the middle of the street so jared unfortunately now has been confirmed as a horny teenage boy yeah I had higher hopes for him. <sighs> yeah. I feel like he's kind of panning out exactly how I thought he would pan out, which is too bad. <laughs> I feel like he gets better. Because I really like him, and I I don't remember why, but I must, there must be a reason. I feel like maybe, I mean, that could be possible, but maybe also, I mean, if I was, you know, if I were in high school and college still, maybe I would have, like, this would have been my, like, type. Like, a guy who, like, goes and gets what he wants. Mm. And now that I'm older, I'm like, I need a guy who's a little more refined than that. <laughs> you know? Like, our tastes have changed. That's true. I also probably would never date someone who would act like that. 
But I like to think about knowing those people and, like, being in that situation. I'm just not brave enough to, like, ever do it. Because I'm, like, (laughs) reckless. But that's totally fair. Um, All right, should we get into our commentary? Yes. I know that we have said this, but why, oh, why does every single chapter have to begin with her in bed? Except there was, like, that one chapter that was not her in bed. I don't understand the inconsistency. I don't know. But I like that they mixed it up a little. That one time. I guess I did. Yeah, but girl, all she does is swim and sleep. Like, (laughs) I know. (laughs) And make out with Jared. Yeah, this was like me in high school. Like, all I did was ride horses and sleep and then pretend to do my homework (laughs) somewhere in there. (laughs) All I did was do my homework, read, and sleep. So, yeah, pretty much. Oh, Evelyn. Uh, I... Man. So, okay, as I said earlier, she's a stalker. Like, she's a legit yeah. stalker at the beginning of chapter 13. It makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, you can't just stalk people when they're running. Like, that's not okay. Also, I'm sorry, At when she wakes up, it's 6.40 in the morning and she's like, I need to confront this man about his ancestry and his dead family and the secret society he's a part of. Girl, no one needs to do that at 6.40 in the morning. And then she has the audacity to be like, why is he rejecting me? Like, this is what? He is doing his run. (laughs) I know. It's too early. (laughs) It's too early. Also, like, I'm... Like, I get, I get why that had to be the thing that she did to make the plot move forward, but why is the trope in YA always, like, a girl confronting the male main character about his secrets? Twilight. (laughs) Nope, we're gonna leave the Twilight, Twilight for later, but it's so hard. It's so hard to not make these connections. All of chapter 13 just is Twilight. (laughs) is and chapter 14 but okay i digress (laughs) yeah i also Um, like okay so she talks to jared right and he's like angry that he has to come back mm -hmm. and talk to her some more and i was like you know what jared you should be angry you're struggling to try to get over this like insane attraction that you have to a girl who you're being told is gonna murder you and then she's rubbing it in your face And also constantly getting herself into bad situations that you have to save her from. And he's making it, she's making it so hard for him to, like, do what he thinks the right thing is. I'm like, yeah, I'd be pissed. Just get away from me. I, and then I think he, like, even comes back and he's like, oh, you waited here? And she's like, yeah. Oh my god, I know. Like, just go get a coffee. Don't you have a watch? Like, you can walk somewhere else, go get a coffee, and know what time you need to be back by. Oh, Oh, he's like, you're really stubborn. And I was like, she just waited there. You told her to wait, and she waited. What do you want from her? That's true. Man. That is so true. Anyway, I, my, I, okay. Every, this book, like, this particular book, I don't know what it is about the author, but she loves scents. Like, 
the amount of times that like intoxicating scent he smells so good I can't get over his smell blah 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 I'm like what the heck like I have never like yeah a man with some nice cologne is a very nice charm but like I'm not gonna look at a man and be like <laughs> sniffing him out like oh he is intoxicating like what the heck <laughs> it's like a dog sniffing someone <laughs> or a vampire but yeah. we'll get there <laughs> Um, she has this, yeah, she can't control her hormones whatsoever, but so then they're taking their walk in the woods, and she's like, here, under the shelter of the trees, I was alone with Jared, just the two of us, no one else, the thought was truly uplifting, and I'm like, girl, no one in the history of the world is like, yes, I'm alone in the woods with a man, I'm at peace. I would be like, I'm out. <laughs> I would be running in the opposite direction. They like barely know each other. Like, I, Evelyn barely knows for him. each other. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Clearly soulmates. <laughs> yeah. And then she just keeps torturing him and making it hard for him to figure out what to do. And he's just like not letting go of like, or she's just not letting go of, like, pushing him to, like, like her and, like, admit that he likes her. And I'm like, I get it because he needs to stop running from his feelings. But also, Evelyn, you just had someone, like, pushing you to a place where you were not yeah. comfortable going. So, like, can you not be like Felix? Like, there's a lot of contradictory things in these couple chapters with, like, the whole Felix thing. Like, I'm jumping ahead, but, like, in chapter 14, when, with the whole scheduling thing, and, like, Felix did the same thing, but, like, it's okay if Jared does it, right? And, like, the, you know, the whole, like, coming up to her and, like, waiting for her outside, like, this Felix did that, too, but with Jared, it's fine. And, like, I guess it is kind of, like, she is reciprocating, but, like, it, it's still, like, she did question it with Felix, so I don't know. Right. Well, yeah, so it's like a double standard in terms of how she's treating Felix and Jared, which happens a yeah. lot, right? Like, if you return someone's affections, so many things are not going to be creepy that someone else who you don't return affections for, like, it is creepy. But also, she does a ton of creepy things, and, like, we just, the, the book just glosses right over them, like, they're okay mm-hmm. because she's a woman. And it's a... It's a double standard of feminism or fake feminism that I don't like. Like, I, yeah. she should be held accountable for the creepy stuff she's doing. Yeah. Agreed. Because <sighs> that's what equality means. Yeah. And, ugh, I just can't get over the fact that they went so quickly. Like, I don't know. Like, I was saying this even before we got to the end of chapter 13. I was just like, why are, like, you've you've had one conversation, like, one and a half, maybe, barely that, and, like, they are all over each other, like, that whole moment at the beginning before they even start talking, I was like, this is so awkward, (laughs) like, imagine real life and doing that with someone, like, (laughs) no, I'd be like, uh, okay. That's, it's really true, though, I will say, like, I mean, you know I'm a big reality TV crazy person, but, like, on this season of The Bachelorette, like, this one guy gets out of the limo, his name is Dale, 
And Claire's the bachelorette. And Chippendale? Dale... <laughs> He'd be a great Chippendale dancer. He's beautiful. <laughs> but, so Dale gets out the limo to go talk to Claire, and she just, like, has all this, like, nervous energy, which she didn't have with anyone else. And they're, like, holding each other's hands and having these, like, super long hugs, and they, like, just met coming out of the limo, Right. And then he goes inside and she's like, I'll talk to you later, blah, blah, blah. And then he he goes inside and is out of ear reach. And she's like, I just met my husband. And everyone is like, I'm sorry. That's not how this show works. You can't say stuff <laughs> like that. And she's basically just like been committed to him since that first moment. She fell in love with him at first sight and has just like this intense chemistry with him. So I, maybe it can happen for people. Well, they do say that women are are more tuned to who would suit them. Right. Like, when they know, they actually do know. Like, this person would be good for me. Like, women who are, know themselves, as to say. Like, there right. are women who don't know themselves well and don't make that good decision. But, like, most women who know themselves, like, maybe Evelyn, like, they just know. Well, and it's so. interesting that you say that because it's talking about, like, being in tune with your emotions like, mm-hmm. Jared, because he can sense all the different people's energies and, like, read different emotions, basically, like, I feel like he has a really good grasp of himself and what his emotions are, and something about Evelyn yeah. is, like, enhancing that and, like, making him more in tune with his emotions and her emotions, and I'm kind of in love with the fact that like at least he can see this like energy thing of hers because it's making him attracted to her not just because she's like pretty but also because like he can sense her emotions and like get a good read on like who she actually is from her energy Mm. and fall in love with that too which makes me feel slightly more comfortable about all of it not a ton but yeah I have like a big thing with power complexes and it was my same problem with like Jeez, here we go. Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> With, like, I mean, not in Bella and um, Edward's case, but, like, just generally when somebody can, like, read someone's mind or they, like, can see their energy. Like, they have this one-up on this other person. Like, it always kind of scares me a bit um, because it's not a fair balance. But, mm-hmm. like, I, I do hope that Jared is able to, like, balance that. Yeah. But we'll see. I think for the most part, at least from what we've seen so far, he's just using that ability to make her more comfortable, but not mm-hmm. in a creepy way. Like, it could be in a creepy way, but it because he can't manipulate her emotions, like Jasper from Twilight. I'm so sorry with all the Twilight references. But it's like, so hard. It's so hard. But because he can't, like, control it. It's more so he can change his own behavior to make her more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. It's if he starts faking or, like, changing his behavior in a disingenuous way to make her change her emotions, that's when I, I would have a problem with it. But I, he doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. Yeah. The diamond <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Like, I didn't even write anything down for this because I was like, I don't even know what to say right now. Like, I have nothing to say about this. I, like, what? (laughs) Right now, I don't even know. Like, I have so much to say, but I have nothing at the same time because it's just so ridiculous. I just wrote weird flex 
but okay. <laughs> like, why was she crying? I mean, I guess it is overwhelming, but maybe she should have slept in. <laughs> this poor girl is like sleep deprived. And True. then like one single tear. And then how did I, like. Because it's a book, I Julia. Have... <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I'm like trying to imagine like someone reaching out and catching my single tear and then making it into a diamond. First of all, I don't think my tears are big enough to be made into a diamond that like is worth anything, like is worth saving. <laughs> but True. okay, like assuming she has really big tears, <laughs> it's still kind of like oh, let me save this tear of that time I told you your entire life was going to be different. Like, <laughs> whoa. Whoa. Also, I, like, personally, yeah. I just, I want to see somebody try and sell that diamond and, like, get it appraised. I just want to see what they say, you know? Just see mm-hmm. it. Be, <laughs> it's not going to happen, but it'd be fun. I want to know. Oh, my God, I know. Also, okay, so she's meeting, she meets all the people from the organization, right? And Jared's like, I'm together with Evelyn. And I'm like, I need to take a step back here because they were in the woods talking about how they both liked each other. And then Colin (laughs) came up and they started walking further into the woods. And then, like, they never had a conversation about what they were. He never asked her to be his girlfriend. He never said, I'm in this for a relationship. Like, nothing. It's all assumed. (laughs) I'm like, when was the relationship defined? I want a formal moment. Uh, Jared is the epitome of a 2010s Tinder date. Where, like, you're, (laughs) not that I know, but, like, from your experiences, (laughs) I'm assuming. When you're like 10 dates in and you're like, are we actually dating or are we just like dating, you know? And like, then just, he's like, oh, we're dating. And like, you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Did we confirm this? Like, that is Jared. He is a Tinder date. Yeah, this was, I had a quote unquote (laughs) boyfriend for seven months like that. I know. We met each other's parents, but I don't know what we were or if we were exclusive <laughs> ever. Uh, what a time. Um, I also not to re- call you out, but like that was no, one of my favorite fair. times for you. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, it was fun. I had a good time. <laughs> I had a good time watching you have a good time. I have very fond memories. Did I ever even meet him? Because I don't think I did. I don't know that he met any of my friends. I just hung out with his friends all the time. So I just heard a lot about him. <laughs> anyway, anyway. It's very unlikely he'll ever listen to this. <laughs> I hope he does. He didn't read. Okay. Why are you dating him? <laughs> well, he like he like played video games and liked Star Wars okay. and stuff. So the other part of my nerd brain. Um mm. yeah, but uh no. Um also the secret society, they're like, "Oh, yes. This one person is wearing Burberry and a trench coat." And I'm like, "Yeah, cuz <laughs> People can't be in a secret society and poor. 
Because who's going to fund the secret society? <laughs> That's the first rule of being in a secret society. You got to have money. Uh... Generational wealth, baby. <laughs> Um, her eye bursts, which I just, I can't believe that happened. I just, I had to read it like three times to make sure I was reading it right. Like, oh God. Um, we get a nice good moment from Jared where Karen is like talking about Evelyn like she's not there and Jared gets like visibly upset because Evelyn's not being shown respect and I'm like actually thank you for calling that out because I hate when people talk about other people like they're not in the room it makes me viscerally upset yeah oh my god um and then we get Colin who's like she knows who I am too (laughs) like that matters oh he's just got great comedic timing I love him so much yeah yeah. Um, Evelyn's still very confused that her wounds apparently heal faster than normal people's. And I just, I had a comment that I really need her to take, like, basic biology 101 or, like, any <laughs> kind of a medical class oh. to learn how long stitches take to heal. Yeah. Like, goodness. Ugh. Goodness gracious. Um, I... I had a big O moment when Colin was like, yeah, I'm King Arthur. Because I feel like you said this in a couple chapters ago. But, like, to have it confirmed was like, oh. I didn't say it outright. I said I'm excited for you to see who Colin is. Okay, that was it. Yeah, I had all of these predictions wrong. So, but, like, I really thought maybe, like, Colin was, like, a knight, one of the knights. Mm -hmm. But, um... Yeah, I'm wrong. <laughs> he is the Arthur. Decided. But it's like once you learn that, it totally fits. It does. It really does. Like, and I think it's it's interesting because like I'm so used to seeing things from like King Arthur's perspective, like movies that have been made about King Arthur, and like stories, mini stories that have been made, and like I think like my dad knows a lot about that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and I so I just hear more about King Arthur than I do Merlin um fair so it's so weird right now to like think of King Arthur as a secondary character which is crazy because the whole reason we picked this book is because we both love Merlin mm-hmm. where he is a secondary <laughs> he is a second but like he is he has such prominence in that series I just always feel like he's a secondary character oh my god um okay i really hate the end of this chapter because like it evelyn is so dense at the end of this chapter they're like literally spelling it out for her to get her to understand that she's nimue and i'm like any person with like an eighth grade education would have figured it out already evelyn like why are you being so dense oh made me so mad because, like, just, the book doesn't need to spell it out so much. Like, it's very obvious. They literally I mean, called I, her Nimue in chapter, like, three. I, like, 
have some sympathy for her because like I have a question in here for us which this kinds of kind of leads into like um it's a lot like to take on like imagine like my question for us was like how would you react if you found out that sorcery was real and like further on that like how would re- you react to being like the descendant of such a major historical legendary figure you know like i have sympathy in that like i feel like i would be in denial too because i feel like there's no way this is real because like i'm personally such a realist that like i'm like no way (laughs) like magicians that you go to see in vegas like they're not real they are definitely not true magicians like the tarot card readers no way like do i love reading about them and things like the raven cycle heck yeah but like it's it's not real (laughs) So I'm less of a realist than you are, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I I think I'd actually react pretty well to finding it out with general proof. But, like, he's already given her proof, right? So clearly all this stuff exists. It's just the logical conclusion to everything that's mm-hmm. been going on. And I think that's, like, my Ravenclaw brain talking where it's like, yes, I'm just going to follow the logical conclusion even if the logical conclusion conclusion does not tie to my understanding of physical reality because my understanding of physical reality can always change and adjust and adapt based on whatever the current scientific understanding of something is and that changes all the time um but my drive to use logic to come to a conclusion doesn't change so yeah and I read so much about magic all the time, and I'm a bigger fantasy reader than you are. So it's just, like, easier for me to, like, fall into that pattern of, like, thinking that that would be true. So I – and maybe that's why I get so upset with her, because I'm like, don't you just love the idea that there's magic? Come on, Evelyn. But that I'm projecting, so. Wow. Interesting. Should we move on to chapter 14? Do I have any? All I will say is at the start of chapter 14, we have another, I mean, non-sleep, but sleep in bed kind of scene. Like, consistency. That one chapter. Why? (laughs) We'll never know. (laughs) Um, She's still struggling to cope in this chapter. And I'm just like, I get my comments. You can see I'm getting so frustrated of them uh, with like, with her just for this insane lack of logic that she's applying. She's like, if I were really descended, direct quote, but then I asked myself, if I really were descended from a magical creature, why didn't I have magical abilities? And I'm like, didn't everyone just tell you you heal faster in water and that you like have special (laughs) powers in water and you've been showering extra she is definitely playing a dumb card there because she would know, like, anyone would know that, like, you heal faster than someone else when you go into water. Like, come on. Right. Like, that's my point. She's being oblivious. Yeah. That no, part not is even, pretty She's stupid. being obtuse. And, yeah. Ugh. Um. What? Oh, <laughs> this, I was... She's like, I blow-dried my hair and then I left it down to please Jared. I'm like, bitch, he'd love you in a burlap sack. 
with your hair in a ponytail because yeah. yeah. you love his magic. Like, don't do your hair to please a man. <laughs> do your hair to please yourself. Girl. Ugh. But it's fine. She's a teenager. I remember the instinct. I need to keep that in mind. It's also not like he ever said, like, oh, your hair looks better when it's down. Like, she doesn't know. Maybe he likes no. it in a ponytail. Maybe he likes the sporty look. We don't know because we know nothing about Jared. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know his type. Oh, um, I just got annoyed with her. I mean, I love that we're both really annoyed with her, but for different reasons. Like, just how much she is, like, in love with Jared. Like, she has just had all of this thrown at her, and she's like, but the most important thing is that Jared loves me. And I'm like, no, that's not the most important thing. Like, you just found out your entire history is like completely different from what you thought it was. And you're worried about a boy loving you. Uh, priorities. And like, uh, that's the entire chapter too, is just I know. him and her just like on each other, like in class, basically like crawling on each other. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Uh, like, okay. You know what? I'll get to it later. Hold on. Uh, it's a pop culture reference. Okay. Can we talk for a fact about the fact that Felix is led to stay on campus? <laughs> yeah. Like, why was he not forcibly removed by the yeah. order after doing this? Because, like, everyone okay. knows he committed sexual assault. There is a witness showing that he committed sexual assault. And that is 100% grounds for him to be kicked off campus or at the very least lose his scholarship. Yeah. And we're seeing no repercussions for Felix other than we'll make sure he stays away from you. And like, while that's great, it's not justice and I want more. Yeah. I don't understand. Don't understand. I don't. And then we get Jared being all like into her feelings um, and I agree. Evelyn's like, that's eerie. I'm like, it kind of is. Like, it's a little weird having yeah. someone know how you feel before you've been able to process Exactly. That. That's, like, my problem with it. I'm like, listen, you gotta, re- like, I don't know, just, like, turn it off. I know he can't, but, like, it's, it's, it's too much for me. Well, so it's, it's like, as long as he manages it well, because it's also really nice to have someone who's actually attentive to your needs and, like, aware of how you're feeling and, where you don't have to waste your energy, like, spelling it out for them and playing mental games and, like, uh, all the annoying stuff that we have to do with people sometimes. So it's, like, in that sense, it's really nice because then you don't have to think about or deal with your emotions because someone else is already there doing the emotional baggage work for you. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you want to hide your emotions. Like, it's better to not say everything. Right. And, like, she's not going to be able she's to She's not going to have that <laughs> opportunity, yeah. Um, also... Going back to Felix really fast. Does he come back at all? Do you want me to answer that? Yeah, I do. I need to, like, mentally prepare. (laughs) So you just want to know the answer, like, yes or no, not how he potentially comes back, right? Yes. I'm pretty sure he comes back. I... I'm at, like, a 90% confidence he comes back. I just don't remember if it's in this book or if it's in the Revealed, the sequel. So that's why I'm, like, slightly unsure. 
but he definitely comes back in a not great capacity. Huh. Didn't really expect, or it's that's not unexpected, but you know. Oh well. Yeah. Um, this is the first chapter in a really long time that Evelyn mentions doing homework. Oh my god. <laughs> she's remembered so she's a student. Uh, I know. Um, I will say, like, even though to your point, like the lovey doveyness and like how they're all over each other is really annoying. I do think and I don't know if this is a translation thing or the original author, or probably a combination of both. But the way that she writes the romance scenes between the two of them, like, either when they're having their, like, intense connection moments or making out or just, like, looking at each other, they're written in a really descriptive and creative way that doesn't feel canned, like, canned Mm -hmm. romance novels. And I I do really appreciate that. Um, Because it's better than reading like your normal romance novel where like the same 20 things always happen i love reading those too but this one has this like (laughs) unique flavor to it that may be because it was translated um and the i think that the author explains their connection pretty well like how they feel about each other even if we don't agree with it (laughs) yeah random thing she says the weirdest thing she's like looking at his eyes and she's like he has extraordinary blue eyes surely that couldn't even be replicated with tinted contact lenses i'm like why would you say that yeah (laughs) i like who thinks that it it must be a cultural thing because like maybe it's a little bit more common over there to have I know that it's pretty popular um, to have tinted contacts. I don't know if that's Germany or the UK or, like, generally Europe. But, like, I've known a few people over there, like, when I was studying abroad and, like, people that I know generally from Germany mostly. Yeah. Who have used tinted contacts. So I wonder if it's, it's like, just, like, a normal thing for them to be, like, oh, yeah, like, they're not using tinted contacts. They want blue eyes. They have tinted contacts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, that makes a little more sense because I was, like, that's the weirdest thing. Yeah, it's, like, very random. There's a lot of these, like, very random things I just, like, write off as cultural things. Fair. That's fair. (laughs) And I'm just sitting there, like, that's weird. I don't know what to make of that. Um, again, going back to, like, them being all over each other, she, like, is picturing him naked while in class and, like, thinking about all of this stuff, and then she's like, ah, but I remembered a sense of responsibility deep inside me, and I strayed away from that thought, and I'm like, you realize, Evelyn, that most college kids are actively having sex and still manage to do all of their work. <laughs> These are not mutually exclusive <laughs> concepts. Like, maybe it's just because they haven't taken that step yet until, like, the anticipation is building too much for her. But, like, it's not that hard to focus on work and also have sex, like, later on. It's fine. I just, I remember that, Indian food scene in this and it brought me back it's getting like a little uh, darker here not really but like more serious 
But um, she describes food people, like people, I mean, within a food eatery context, very strangely. Like the first time it was the toothless Chinese man, not once, but like twice. And then in the Indian food place, she's like the Indian beauty, like three times. And I'm like, I, this is starting to get like racially a little bit weird that you like keep calling them out like that. I don't quite understand why. Instead of just saying the waiter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like, it's not just like the Indian waiter. It's like the Indian beauty. It's very weird. Adding like like, just makes me feel very awkward reading it. Yeah. That's, that's completely fair. Um, uh, When books are written in predominantly white cultures that they don't know anything about other cultures. But they want to it's pretend. just like it's not necessary like you don't have to say that it's just that's one that blows my mind is like anything that like calls out someone by their race like that like unless it's to establish that like a main character or secondary character is not white which then it makes sense because right. they are making sure that the audience knows like this is not a white character like right. that's fine but like the, these are background characters like you don't need to do that also, like, if your reader wants to extrapolate, they can do that knowing that you're in yeah. the UK and you're eating at an Indian restaurant. You probably have an Indian server. Yeah. <laughs> it's just very kind of weird. the way it works. Very oh. weird. Very weird. True. But anyway. on a positive <laughs> note... Um, at least we learned that Jared is on the council that decides all the decisions about his life. So he gets oh, to have yes. a say in that. <laughs> That's very true. Imagine Jared was just like, all right, I'm going to leave. And then like went off to Alaska and like disappeared from everyone. I feel like that's what I'd do if I was Jared. I'd be like, I don't want any part of this. Again. I don't know. Twilight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, I also really love the Evelyn's like, oh, this club that you're in. <laughs> <laughs> that was so, that was great comedy. I have to give the writer like, that was good. I really appreciated that a little bit. I was like, oh yeah, this extracurricular activity you do <laughs> after class. <laughs> oh. That was so funny. Oh my god. I also really love that they have an outer ring for their secret society because like let's be real that's how they have money to keep doing <laughs> yeah you gotta have those ceos and type business tycoons paying the I membership just, like, dues the one thing that i want to understand is like what are they getting out of it like okay i'm getting ahead but with <laughs> we've talked about this before with ninth house and like their secret society like it's made very clear that they're getting something out of this like secret thing right like they're putting money in and they're getting something back from it but like i don't understand what this like society is getting out like they're just there to protect these descendants but do like are they doing service like is jared like giving them something i don't quite get that i mean maybe it's a really good networking opportunity (laughs) yeah (laughs) like the ultimate frat yeah um also maybe they can use the safe houses as like vacation places for free Mm, true 
Um, Imagine you were vacationing there with your family and then like somebody just like evacuated and they were like, yo, what's up? (laughs) I would cry. Oh my God, that reminds me of the Warrior Nun TV show where they have all those kids just like squatting in all these fancy houses (laughs) along the Mediterranean. They're like, no one's here, it's fine. (laughs) Oh my god. Um, Also, okay. So, Jared's telling her about, like, how Morgana killed everyone in her family and how that's why they're so worried that, I don't know, Morgana's gonna come after them, but also Evelyn presents an additional threat on top of Morgana. Um... Because she's going to kill Jared and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, again, if we use logic in this situation, if one adult used any modicum of logic in this situation, Evelyn is supposedly fated to kill Jared. Why on earth would Morgana kill her entire family and then be like, Yes, I want you to help me kill this guy. You are... You are being too Ravenclaw right now. I'm sorry, but, like, I literally... I I said, you would think, as a logical person, that if Evelyn was fated to kill Jared, it would be easier for Morgana to get her on her side without murdering her entire family. But what do I know? I mean, maybe Morgana's gonna come into the picture now and be like, yo... I, I spared you your life, and now you owe me. That's what I would do if I was Morgana and, like, in this situation. I guess. I guess. I don't... It just seems weird to me. Um, I really want to see like, Colin sword fight. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> I just want to see more of Colin, like, period. Just more Colin. Give me more of him. Yeah. Not more cowbell. More Colin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'll be our hashtag for this episode when we tweet about it. Just hashtag more Colin. Uh, I can't wait to meet Morgana. But like this one scary thought ran through my mind and I feel like it's wrong. But like I'm just thinking about it. Like what if? Ruth is, like, a descendant of Morgana to make this even more complicated. I feel like I'm making this book more complicated than it actually is. Um, but, like, I don't know. Wouldn't that be interesting? That is a theory. Which is probably wrong. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, she knows a lot about this stuff. She does. That's true. Um, it's definitely a theory. I support your theory. I think that would be an interesting (laughs) read. I'm not going to tell you one way or the other, obviously. Also, okay, so blah, 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 they talk about all this stupid stuff. There's so many things that we could talk about in this chapter, but, like, I don't care about half of it. Um, When Jared is, like, looking at her, he's like, did you find out all by yourself? Like, just assuming that she did because he thinks she's like so smart and it kind of just warmed my heart a little bit that he has this like fake sense of pride (laughs) for how smart he thinks his girlfriend is even though they're still not official but whatever (laughs) um but like 
I just kind of love that because he's not valuing her for how pretty he thinks she is or how, what a good kisser she is. He's like, your intellect. This is what I love about you. And I'm like, yes, we need men that value our intellect, even though it's misguided in Evelyn's case because she's not that smart. But <laughs> I still love it. Um. Oh, I got really sad when she was talking about, like, when she was thinking about what Professor Mayflower must have been, like, as a mother for Jared and and for Aiden. And she saw how upset Mayflower got over Jared, but um, noticed that, like, when Aiden was trying to comfort her when she was crying, she was kind of, like, uncomfortable. And I just, it made me upset because it almost felt like she was shaming Professor Mayflower. And I guess she doesn't like her and that they're on opposite sides of this conf created conflict right now but like we shouldn't be shaming mothers if they're not like touchy-feely or outwardly maternal just because they have a different personality style and like approach to mothering that's a good point that's a really good point because i feel like she was just making a bunch of assumptions based on her interpretation of a situation that she knows absolutely nothing about and seeing people interact for like a whole 10 minutes and it's like that's not enough Mm -hmm. to make a decision about what how good of a mother she is like she cares about everyone she's just probably outwardly shows how much she cares about jared because she has to overcompensate and also he's extremely important right it's like how molly weasley overcompensate. i'm sorry for making a pop culture reference but it's like how molly (laughs) weasley had to overcompensate to make harry feel loved and it might have made ron feel neglected a couple of times but she was still a great mom to ron yeah agreed Anyway, it's a good point. I still was missing the defining the relationship even towards the end of the chapter. She's like, Jared, my boyfriend. I'm like, you never defined that, but okay. Um, and then they got real frisky at the end of the chapter, and I was like, decorum, please bang my gavel. That really was like high school. Like, I have never read anything more high school. Like, I feel like maybe we should have dialed this back a few years you know <laughs> it is very high school um I mean, like it's just missing a locker to be pushed up again yeah like i know that college kids are hormonal but i don't feel like they're like this like they've already been through it you know <laughs> in high school <laughs> i mean so weirdly enough again not the right reference point so i'm sorry but like it's kind of the same way where you have, like, Anastasia Steele in Fifty Shades of Grey, where she was, like, just never into a guy until she met Christian Grey. She was, like, not here for it. So she never would have, like, those hormones were just never sparked for her. And then she could not keep her hands off of him as soon as they started dating because she was so, so into him. So I'm guessing it's just something similar for the two of them, that there was never someone that sparked their interest. Because Evelyn was just so sad for 19 years. Although I feel like Fifty Shades of Grey isn't the best comparison. No, I know that. (laughs) But it's Twilight fan fiction, so it brings us right back to Twilight. Oh, God. I mean, it's a good good time to probably segue into our 900 pop culture references. Yes. Wait, I have one last comment, and that is 
I miss Sally. Like, we have no Sally in these two chapters. And I was like, we got a little bit of Colin, and that was it. And I'm like, those were my two faves, and they're not here. <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> okay, yeah. that's it. <laughs> More Sally. I mean, we learned a lot in these two chapters. So, like, I get why we don't get Sally, but yeah. I'm excited for I her miss to be them. there. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay, pop culture. Yeah, I have so many thoughts. So much. Oh, you do? Okay, I only have a couple. Okay, why don't you go first for chapter 13 then? Well, I, like, this was such a, like, Princess Mia, like, finding out she is a princess moment, right? Like, oh, I'm Nimue. Like, what do I do with that? Like, I have to learn all of this stuff about my history now and everything like that. And, like, Let's be honest, Evelyn is about as clumsy as Mia was also. So I'm excited to see if she has, like, a glow up. Because <laughs> I would really love that for her. But I just want to know, who is the Julie Andrews in this situation? Like, who is the queen? There is none. I don't think there is. I mean, I would like Mayflower to turn out to be a really good character. And, like, then she's the queen who, like, helps her a lot. I think that would be, like, I don't know. I think that would just be a nice full circle, not full I, circle, but, like, a nice little, like, thing, you know? I mean, I would say if we're going to have a queen, I don't think we've met them yet. I would say it would probably be, like, the actual Nimue. Like, magically they somehow get to Avalon and her actual ancestor is there. That would be great, yeah. The real queen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anything else for chapter 13? Nope. Uh, just a lot of Twilight. <laughs> so much Twilight. Oh my god. Uh, um, we can talk about that later. <laughs> okay. Well, so that was... We can kind of... Why don't you put in your Twilight references as I bring up okay. my Twilight references? Because we'll probably have some of the same ones. Um... And I wrote them well, in order as I was reading, so. Okay. I, like, wrote some of mine later and some of mine here, but uh, the first one that I had was when they're in the field. That just reminded me so much of, like, when she's confronting him and is like, tell me what you are. I <laughs> like, know. <laughs> I know what you are. <laughs> and then, like, him saying that he can't control himself. Like, I feel like that is verbatim something that Edward actually does say. Like, I can't control myself when I'm around you. Or, like, something similar to that. It just sounded so eerily like something. I mean, it's been years since I read Twilight. But it just felt like it It's matched. similar. Yeah. He has to, like, work so, so hard to try to keep himself yeah. calm around her and then you also have all of like when he makes the thousands of crocuses appear i'm like oh it's like their little meadow in the woods and then he literally takes her to meet basically his family and it's like whoa (laughs) (laughs) damn okay (laughs) oh my god it's so so true um well and so it's interesting when Jared's, like, telling her about how he can, like, feel the energy around everyone um, and how he could sense that Felix's intentions were wrong and, like, there was a problem and then he sensed panic in Evelyn's intentions. Like, it was very reminiscent of the part in Twilight where, like, Edward's just driving around Port Angeles like a 
crazy person and he like reads the thought of the guys that are about to attack Bella realizes that he can't hear the thoughts of <laughs> whoever's getting attacked so he's like Bella's getting attacked and he like runs over to save her like That's it was just so true yeah very reminiscent of that um Let's see what other Twilight things do I have in here. Colin still really reminds me of Emmett with the winking and the smiling and the, like, sarcasm <laughs> slash innuendos. <laughs> that's so true. Oh, God, I love it. That's so funny. I think that's Emmett everything. Really was, like, the underrated MVP of Twilight. True. His character was so good. I love Emmett. Um, that's all the Twilight stuff I have, but I had a ton of other references, so... The way that Evelyn and um, Jared, like, affect each other and, like, the way that they feel when they're in each other's presence and having those, like, intense, giddy, dopey moments where they, like, can't breathe and stuff. It just... So, because I'm reading Sorcery of Thorns, the way that the, like, demons affect humans in that book um, when they're, like, trying to cast their, like, oh, I'm gonna make your mind go blank kind of spells on them um it felt very similar to how they were impacting each other where like they can't breathe they can't focus on what's happening and they're like kind of coming in and out of the situation also very similar to ron weasley when he's under a love charm oh my god (laughs) yeah and just being a big dope (laughs) oh my god yeah um then, like, I really liked the imagery of, like, them feeling at peace or, like, this sense of calm when they're in the woods. Um, because I really like stories that have happy woods and not, like, tense woods. And, I don't know, it just reminded me of, like, Lord of the Rings, like, going into the woods where the elves are and just having this, like, sense of calm and ease and ancient amazingness just, like, wash over you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, really has nothing to do with why Evelyn was feeling that way, but it just made me want to be in Lord of the Rings again. <laughs> um, Jared's ability to kind of, like, feel out the energy around him and, like, sense what's going on felt very reminiscent of, like, the boy's ability to read the ley lines and, like, Ronan's ability to, like, pick up on what was going on with the forest and, like, how to sort of change and adapt mm-hmm. based on how... Cabeswater was reacting in Raven Cycle. Um, so that was a big tie to me. But it also reminded me of Aragon, which, throwback, because none of us read that so book in like, years. Like, go into my archives in my mind. <laughs> so in the third book, what, Brisinger, right? Um, when he's like with that one elf learning how to, like, be an official dragon rider and, like, how to Mm -hmm. do it all. Um, He has to, like, concentrate on all of the energy of every living creature that's around him so he can, like, separate them out and, like, focus in on them as part of his training. And just the way Jared was describing it was so reminiscent of that where he said, like, he could really feel everything that's going on around him and then he has to focus in on specific areas. Um, because we, we don't get that many books where they talk about, like, feeling all of the energy and, like, magic around you. So, I should reread Aragon. I liked Aragon. Oh, <laughs> the, the Korean show that I've been watching slowly but surely, The Bride of Habak. 
Um, the one I was telling you about, about the gods that, like, are just living with humans and, like, the main guy, mm-hmm. Havik, is, like, the god of water. The lord of the sky, Biryum, um, he just makes diamonds out of nothing and just, like, hands oh. them out to girls. <laughs> oh, and so the diamond tear thing reminded me of that because he used to just, like, give out engagement rings to girls as, like, a joke to see what they would do. Oh he was my bored. god. That's so funny. <laughs> One of those BuzzFeed vis- videos, like, going out to propose to girls and see their reactions. Yep, exactly. Um, okay, and then I have a, a BBC Merlin little thing. So you know how, uh. like, there's this, like, whole big grand conversation about, like, Jared being Merlin and all of the stuff and all of the people trying to get her to know that she's Nimue and whatever. And then Colin's like, I'm also here. I'm descended from Arthur. Hi. <laughs> and it felt... It... Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, it really didn't take much pushing for him to come out with that. <laughs> it didn't. But it just felt You're really like... really right. It felt like a role reversal almost because normally Arthur in Merlin is these doing these, like, big grand gestures and, like, giving these big speeches and Merlin's just like, Hi! Get here! <laughs> Remember me! But not too much. <laughs> that's so true. Oh my gosh. And yeah, so I kind of love that. So that's what I had for chapter 13. Chapter 14. What do you got? Well, I, I mean, this is another, you can really tell, like, what I'm hyper fixating on lately, but, like, (laughs) the Raven Cycle, again. (laughs) I just want to say, like, so, what I initially liked a lot about the Raven Cycle was how they actually emphasized going to school and, like, doing your classes, like, being in class, like, attendance, doing your homework, having tests, like, all of that. I mean, it gets less important as you go along. They do have some of that in the final book, though. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, like, I think I even said in my Goodreads review of the Raven Cycle, I was like, thank you for emphasizing school. Like, they are teenagers. They are going to school. Like, this is the sort of book where I'm like, why are they even in school? Like, just drop out. <laughs> You're not even learning. <laughs> also, Jared already is a master, so, like. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. We spend a lot of time in school in this book unnecessarily. I'm like, I don't really need to know that she's going to seven classes a day consistently. That just adds no value to the plot. Yeah. Uh, at least in Raven Cycle, like, they would talk about things in Latin class or, like, it was always a plot point because Ronan would be skipping. <laughs> <laughs> like, where is he? I don't know. <laughs> That's really true, though. Super, super true. Even though, like, I have problems with Jared and Evelyn together in a lot of ways and Jared is kind of a horn dog every time he's around Evelyn he's also adorable like he's he makes these like cute little quippy comments and just always says the right thing and is just kind of there and happy and just excited about everything that's going on around him and I was just like I feel like in media why are all Merlins like so adorable adorable like I don't want to date him and I also wouldn't want to date Merlin and BBC's Merlin 
But like, they're such good people and they're just roaming around being good to everyone around them and being adorable. But thankfully, he has less accidents than BBC <laughs> But that's like his charm in the BBC version, you know? Right. This is just like a more polished version, right? Yeah. Like, if we say BBC Merlin is, like, a 15-year-old Jared, and then by the time you get to 21-year-old Jared, like, he's figured some stuff out. Maybe BBC Merlin should have gone to university a few few more years. True. Don't <laughs> end the season. Don't end the series. Just show him walking across the street or down the, the highway yeah. all the way to Spoiler Oxford. alert. <laughs> oh, Sorry. In case anyone hasn't seen that tragic end. Don't watch it. Just stop the episode before. Yeah. (laughs) Please. For your own mental health. I would just... I wanted... (sighs) Jared can do too many things. Like, the growing of the flowers and the healing and the, like, putting thoughts in the brain and the throwing people across rooms and, like, there's so many things he can do and I was like, mm, I kind of want rules put on Jared's magic. Like, can you imagine if Jared was subject to Grisha rules? So he had to, like, actually focus in on one type of magic in the same way that, like, clearly Evelyn and Colin have had to do just by nature of their birth, where he has, like, this one thing. So maybe it's life. Like, he can grant life. And so he can grow the flowers, he can heal someone, but he can't do all the other random stuff that he's doing. Like, I would like those rules, even though you can kind of do anything in the Grishaverse once you get to King of Stars. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all just in your mind, but it shouldn't be that easy to do all the things. Yeah. There was something, okay, I said something about the Jared Evelyn kiss outside the lecture. So I think their first kiss, like towards the beginning of chapter 14, made me think of The Good Place. Oh. I th- so I said partially because they get to fly in the good place, right? They get this, like, reward and, like, all of these other, like, cool things that they get to do. But also, like, they have this other drive of, like, being in the good place and, like, keeping them to be good people and, like, making them better is the soulmates and, like, the connection that Eleanor and Chidi find and, like, how just perfect they are for each other, even though it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, and I don't know, something about, like, the way that their kiss was described just made me think of Eleanor and Chidi. Also, I miss The Good Place. That show was so good. <laughs> it had the perfect ending. Like, I don't say that very often, but I really love the way that they ended that show. Um, everyone should watch it. Uh, oh, Evelyn getting called down and called on in Professor Mayflower's class out of nowhere reminded me of Legally Blonde, where they're like, describe the reading. <laughs> and she's like, what? Yeah, except that she, in Legally Blonde, Elle didn't have a uh, Jared to give her the message. True, she got kicked out of class, but Evelyn already got kicked yeah. out of class, so it just That's was a little true, out of order. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then... Oh, uh, now I want to watch Legally Blonde. <laughs> I haven't watched that in so long. It's anyway. so good. I just listen to the soundtrack all the time for the uh, musical. <laughs> um, 
I know you kind of talked about this earlier, so, like, we can get into it, but the whole concept of, like, having this outer ring, my brain also went to ninth house. (laughs) And, like, you get, like, it kind of makes sense, right? You have all these, like, alums or people that were involved at some point, um, or maybe are, you know, like, have just inherited this kind of membership from a family member, but they're all, like, very successful and well-off and, like, well-to-do, and they're helping to support the organization from around the world. Like, it kind of feels reminiscent of that, but exactly to what you were saying, like, it doesn't seem like they're getting that much out of it. Like, I wonder if, because in Ninth House, right, like, the alums don't really know what's going on in the day-to-day. They don't know what's going on in the rituals that the people are performing every month and like unless they're the ones actively asking for something they're not involved in that stuff so I wonder if these people like were members of the circle when they were at Oxford and then like went Mm -hmm. off to do their lives and like lost the connection yeah if it's always centered at Oxford I don't know don't know Also, I just really want, I just picture Colin as Bradley James. I don't know if you do, but that's all I picture. I don't, but I wish I could. Just like him. He's much lankier in my mind than the problem is. Like, I read this before knowing that he was King Arthur, right? So, like, Mm. in my mind, for some reason, I had this, like, lanky kind of picture, which is not Bradley James at all. Nah, he's a, he's. He's well-muscled. Yeah. I mean, I I obviously knew coming into this that he was King Arthur, so, like, rereading it, I just think of Bradley James. Mm -hmm. Just, like, him holding a sword and teaching people how to fight. Yeah, I'm like, yep, BBC Merlin, give it to me. (laughs) That's what I want Colin to be is Bradley James. I'm here for it. Um... Also, okay, my last comment for this chapter is at the very end when they're, like, making out way too intensely just on the middle of the street, um, like, right outside of class, nobody caring about the, like, but they're not caring about the public and everything that's going on around them. That also reminded me of Sorcery of Thorns, because in the epilogue, like, at the end, um, they, like, leave the library or something and just start, Nathaniel and Elizabeth just start, like, making out in the middle of the street outside the library out of nowhere (laughs) and then elizabeth's like "Mm, maybe we shouldn't be doing this wait a second there wouldn't be a street if we hadn't saved everybody there wouldn't be a public to watch us if we hadn't saved everybody so i'm just gonna keep doing whatever the hell i want (laughs) and i'm like yeah that feels like evelyn and jared because jared owns oxford (laughs) yep I have my, in my mind, in one of the, um, is it like the middle to last Outer Banks (laughs) episodes when, um, I don't, oh my god, it's been like a month, but, um, when the two main characters are like kissing on this bridge and someone's like, get a room and they're like, no, (laughs) that's like the image in my mind of them (laughs) in public. I love that comparison, too. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, the descendants of King Arthur and the Carolinas. It's normal. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my god, can you imagine John B. with magic powers? I, that would be so funny. I would watch, I mean, I already watched the heck out of Outer Pink. That's so good! I would watch the heck out of that. Same. Crossover. Oh my god, same. Same. I would actually really love from, like, an Outer Banks crossover if none of the rich kids had any magic powers, right? So, like, John B. has magic powers. Well, except for, what's her name? Kiara? Is that -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, She could get them for being a good citizen. (laughs) Right. So, if she has magic powers, John B. has magic powers, and then... um, Pope, 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 Pope. Pope. See, I kept wanting to say Pogue, and I'm like, that's wrong. I know. Because that's their group. <laughs> They're the Pogues. Okay, so Pope. I want Kiara, Pope, and John B. to all have magic powers. JJ doesn't get any. He doesn't deserve them. I love JJ. Right, but think of how destructive JJ would be with magic <laughs> yeah, powers. it would be really bad. It would not. He's, he's drunk and high all the time that kid does not need more power in his life i think honestly pope would be the only one who would actually make good use of his powers like i feel like john b would also be kind of chaotic i think kiara would make good use of her powers yeah kiara and pope would be the only ones who would like actually know what to do with (laughs) well because if we think about like they just suck their capabilities right yeah. John John B and JJ are both Gryffindors. Yes. <laughs> they just run into things recklessly without thinking of the consequences. I would say Kiara is a Ravenclaw. And Pope, I struggle if he's a Slytherin or a Hufflepuff. I feel like he's he's a Hufflepuff. Like I think Kiara's more of a Slytherin, honestly. I don't think she's as conniving as your house. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I think that Pope is, like, a solid Hufflepuff. Okay. Like, he, he puts his friends before everything else. Like That's true. Like, almost too much. Like, I feel like they don't do justice to his character because, like, his entire character line is about serving his friends. That's true. I mean, so the reason I don't think Kiara is a Slytherin is because, like, she could gain a lot by pitting the boys against each other and, like, flirting with them and, you know, using her ambition to make the most out of her friends and being and she's also like not very loyal to her family either um but she doesn't do that right like she's super upfront with them and honest with them about how she's feeling and like what her situation is and like tries to balance it appropriately so that they still feel supported as a friend but that she's like staying true to herself and that makes things harder for her rather than easier and so that's why i don't think she's a slytherin okay that does make sense but also, she's calling out their stupid plans all the time, which is why she's a Ravenclaw. <laughs> That's really true. <laughs> I also just love that we just did this in-depth conversation. <laughs> Sorting the characters. <laughs> it's such a good show. They're, they're filming the next season right now. So. I heard. Yeah, I'm very excited. Ooh. We're going to get that before we get Shadow and Bone watch. Swatch. 
Like, Ugh, I wish that. The show is never coming out. out. Oh my god. I mean, they're uh, in post-production, right? Like, how hard can it be to make the Grisha stuff work? I, like, <laughs> yeah. My cousin's girlfriend is in the Selena TV show, and that was filming at, like, the same time Shadow and Bone was, and that's about to come out, so. <laughs> Yay for I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I feel like I know so much about your entire extended family now. I, I, you probably know as much as I do at this point. Oh, my extended family is very large. It is. That's true. My extended family is super tiny, and there's nothing interesting to say. <laughs> like, people uh, get married, people have kids, that's about it. Well, you still can keep up with all of them. I can't keep up with mine. I need, like, a full, like, report at the end of every year, like, annual. Well, yeah, I mean, to be, like, you're, both of your parents come from relatively large families. Like, your mom comes from a huge family, but, like, your dad still has, a, like, a decently sized family because he had quite a few siblings. Yeah. Well, he only had a couple siblings, but they had a lot of kids. Who have a lot of kids. You have three siblings, so, right? Two siblings. Oh, just one brother and one sister. I thought he had two sisters. Yeah. But they just had a lot of kids and kids from those kids. Yeah. But my mom had a lot of siblings. So yeah. that's even like larger. Yes, yes, she did. Yeah, so like for me, I have my mom has two siblings. That are, like, full siblings and two half-siblings. And then we get all the kids from those. But, like, since my parents are slightly younger than yours, we don't have all of the, like, my cousins, my younger cousins are not... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, my age. I'm only, like, five years removed from the kids of my mom's. Anyways. Mm -hmm. um, And then my dad's side of the family... My grandma and grandpa had two kids, and my sister and I are the only offspring. <laughs> my uncle has oh my no gosh. children. <laughs> so it's just, like, just me and my sister, and then I have my stepmom's family that, like, I kind of talk to sometimes, and they're lovely, but even then, it's like, my stepmom has one sister, and she has a couple of young boys that are closer in age to my sister than me, <laughs> so... Do I really care what's going on with 12-year-olds day-to-day? No. No? Really? (laughs) No. Okay, we've probably talked about this stuff way too much. Okay, and no one cares about our family life. (laughs) So, um, next segment, since we're done with our pop culture, uh, who is your MVP of the chapters? Uh, my MVP. Oh boy, it's hard. I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. I think it's Colin again. Even though he was only in one chapter, but like, dude came in like blazing. He was like, sorry to interrupt, and then was like, BTW, I am from Arthur's bloodline. So, <laughs> and then just like hopped out. <laughs> was like, okay, mm-hmm. bye. Like, I love him. He's so funny. I want more of him. Come Same. 
More Colin. Yeah. Um, my MVP is Jared because despite his horniness in these <laughs> chapters, he he was very open and upfront with Evelyn about things. He stood his ground and like really stood up for her and like stood up for their relationship and was really supportive. Um very, as we talked about, like, in tune with her emotions and did his best to make her feel comfortable and cared about and just, like, okay, given all of the trauma that she's gone through in the last couple of weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't, like, he was just very sweet and adorable in so many different ways, even though it's kind of sickly and, like, we rag on them all the time. Like, he means super well and despite the college boy horniness like I think he's a very good match for her even if she doesn't deserve it yeah good pick (laughs) well you picked Colin so I couldn't so I know (laughs) sorry it's fine um so going first (laughs) true so Julia how would you rate these chapters I would rate it like I'm between a 7 and an 8 out of 10. Mm. Like, a little bit higher, even though there's some noticeable flaws. I would, you know, call it, like, a California sparkling wine. Mm. So, it's when you want the champagne, but you can't pay for the champagne. So, you're going to resort for the California sparkling, which is probably just as good, but, like, those flaws are there, and you know that they're there. And when you drink it, they're very noticeable. <laughs> and they leave you with a kind of like, hmm, what, would, what did I just drink? Kind of aftertaste, whereas with champagne, you're drinking it and you're fully happy with the champagne. With this, you're kind of like, oh, this is like the off-brand. <laughs> and you feel like, it the next morning. <laughs> like, it's still fun in the moment to drink it. Like, it's a bubbly. You're excited to be drinking it. And like, yeah, and then the next morning, you're like, oh, okay well so it's like that uh sparkling rosé wine thing that we drank when i was at your house that i bought from (laughs) california exactly we drank it and we were like whoa okay it wasn't bad we enjoyed it but it wasn't champagne it was not champagne it was not champagne oh my goodness Uh, all right i i agree with that i think that that's a fair but you do get that like depth of flavor from like a sparkling wine too because yes. there's so much happened like there's so much information and so you're just like ah yes i feel the fullness of this i'm getting it, kind of high exciting. on it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um exuberance and there's a lot going on you just want to have it all true you want to drink the whole bottle <laughs> <laughs> accurate um all right so we've come to the end Probably fortunately for all of you listening, because I'm sure if you're still listening, you're very tired of us by now. Um, but, and we're also tired and want to go to bed. Um, but last but not least, uh, follow us on social media. Reach out, tell us your thoughts about the book, how you're feeling about it, um, you know, what what you would want us to read next, um, which we'll probably already have our second book picked out by the time you hear this episode, but 
what you want us to read after that. Like we're open to suggestions. If you want book recommendations, we will give them to you based on if you give us books that you like. I'm happy to just waste a lot of my time recommending books to people. Um, and we'll post all sorts of like fun little things on our social media, like my TikToks, because I want more publicity on them. Um, and yeah, so follow us on Instagram and Facebook at, um, at Unnecessary Angst Pod. And on Twitter, which every time I say the Twitter handle, I get upset with how short and weird it is. Um, but you can follow us at Unangst Pod, U-N-A-N-G-S-T-P-O-D. Um, again, Twitter handles won't let you have over a certain number of characters, so we couldn't use the full podcast name. Uh, and then you can also send us emails if you want to talk about stuff more in depth at um, unnecessaryangstpod at gmail.com. So we look forward to hearing from you guys. Um, and if you want to follow me on TikTok, where I post reviews of books whenever I finish them, because I can't stop reading apparently, uh, you can follow me on TikTok at, let's see what my TikTok is. Um, at Chantel Lamar. Well, that's easy. It's my name. Good luck spelling that if you don't Yay. know me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Best of luck. I'm not going to help there. Because um, you'll see them on Instagram. It's fine. Uh, all right. So we will talk to you guys next week. Hope you stay safe and are having a lovely, lovely week. Probably lovelier than the week we're going to have going into election week and all the stress we're going to be feeling. So hopefully we come out with a positive result. Good luck, everyone. <sighs> Maybe odds be ever in your favor. No, we'll know how the odds landed by the airing of this. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how it goes. All right. Talk to you all okay. later. Thank you. Bye. Bye.